When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today we're talking about departures from Penn State football on and off the football field. To give us a full perspective of all of that, our big picture guy, Nate Bauer, joins the BWI Daily Edition. He's our little picture guy. He's our big picture guy. Uh, he's got pictures behind him. It's perfect. Nate, good morning. How you doing? Great. That's one child. Two pictures of the same child. <laughs> well, that's good. Can't get enough. That's yeah. good. Yeah. It's a How cute baby. Um, now that she's like almost four, less cute. <laughs> More yeah. problems. More problems. But that's neither here nor... Oh, look. She's on my mug, too. There wow. Someone's playing favorites. I'm going to play this for her when she's 18. We literally... We have, we have no photographs in this house of our second child, our son. It just, you know... I guess it's the way it's, we, we gave up basically, right? It's just like <laughs> you make an effort to make, put all these other pictures and do nice things. And then it's like, ah, oh, this second one, I mean, we're just trying to survive. Well, uh, we'll put parent psychology aside for today and I'll, 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 I'll bank some therapy dollars for your son. So thank you. That's nice. <laughs> we're talking today about, uh, three men who have left Penn State football as of yesterday, Joe Lore going to Oregon. Michael Hazel going to Virginia Tech, and Rasheed Walker going to the NFL. We'll start with the on-the-field stuff with Rasheed Walker because that's the place that I think everyone sees the impact. Everyone's interested in what happens on the football field, but maybe some of those off-the-field situations have more consequence for James Franklin this offseason than losing your left tackle. So let's start with Rasheed. And this is what I was saying to you off-camera. This is what I've been thinking about with Brandon Smith and Ellis Brooks and everyone telling me those guys needed to come back for the, another year of eligibility to increase their draft stock. We're missing something when it comes to this conversation as people that are not in the room or people that are not deciding this for themselves. Because, especially with, I think, Rasheed Walker, the clearest indication of a guy who is a redshirt junior, could come back, decided to go to the NFL draft, and could legitimately increase his draft stock next season after what was clearly not his potential in 2021. So, Nate, I'm asking you an open-ended question to something we probably don't have the answers to, but what are we missing in this conversation with players that could come back but decide to go to the NFL? Yeah, I, I mean, certainly I think that I, I'll just immediately turn this around and ask you a question. What What draft projection, like, are we talking late i mean is there a possibility i, <laughs> I guess this is this is to me the bottom line is uh -huh. is there a possibility that he goes undrafted there is a possibility that he goes undrafted yes 
Um, he of of the guys this season that that has declared for the NFL, I have the least clear picture of him as a prospect because I know he's not as bad as the numbers indicate. Let me show you some of the numbers that we're talking about here. So okay. uh, these are from PFF. These are his pressure numbers and metrics from the Big Ten, ranked in the Big Ten, and it's sorted by worst. So the higher the number, the worse. He gave up 26 pressures, tied for the seventh most in the Big Ten among all tackles. Sacks fourth, and in the true pass sets, these are third downs situations where he's on an island. He gave it, gave up the eighth most pressures among all tackles as a junior who quote, the light has really come on for Rashid is what James Franklin said this off season. Uh, then as a run blocker, just as another area to check out some metrics zone blocking 28th. And that's the primary run blocking that he's been in for his entire career. And what James Franklin and the Penn state offense operate most out of as a man blocker gap schemes, things like that powers and counters 23rd. This is out of 35 tackles in the big 10. Those are not good metrics. Those are not draftable metrics, but I know from his profile and watching him play football, he's better than that. I know from the film study, I know from watching his physical abilities, he's better than all of those things. I don't know if he's a left tackle at the next level. Is he a guard? Is he a right tackle? I just, there are so many questions that I have that I don't really have the, inf as somebody who's watching him his whole career, this is a toss up to me. I, I just, the one thing I know is I don't think he's a left tackle at the next level. Okay. So I, I think that the natural progression, at least, first of all, these, these all happen individually, right? Yeah. Like there's no, I don't think that there's necessarily a commonality to every decision that surprises us. It's not like, okay, well, there's a hard and fast rule now because this was the case a couple of years ago where conventional thinking changed to be that you want to get into the league as quickly as you can so that you can get to that second contract, yeah. right? Like I think, yep. I, I think that that, continues to be the case but there is wiggle room within that there's there's nuance and and certainly uh some variability based on individual players and what their situations are Jahan Dotson is probably a perfect example of that right he could have gone to the NFL last season and maybe been a what fifth sixth round type of guy I would have thought third or fourth but yes to your point not a first round pick not a guy in the top 50 and now he's a guy in the top 50, right? I mean, I, yeah. I think that's pretty much where everybody's going to project him. So, yeah, so that that makes a difference. If you're Rasheed Walker today, and, and I think that this is a legitimate critique, is what, what has happened over the last two years, really, under Phil Troutwine that would lead you to believe you personally are going to make this massive jump right like a a big significant fifth round to second round sixth round to first round like that kind of a leap uh as opposed to a i don't know what fifth round to fourth round like that that kind of a difference right um is is that there and i i think certainly given the output that, that you've seen really for the last two years. And and again, I mean, uh, there's so much that went into 2020 that it's really hard to judge that fairly. Right. But it's, it, it, it I just think it's a difficult argument to be, to be made of, Hey, um, look like this was supposed to happen in 2020 and it didn't, but that's because of COVID. 
Yep. This was supposed to happen in 2021, but it didn't. And we don't really know why. But trust us, you're going to make that leap in 2022. I think yeah. I think that's a hard pitch. I think that's a hard sell. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it's... There's, there's so many levels to this uh, of, you're right, there is that question of, does he mesh with Phil Troutwine? Is Phil Troutwine everything that he's cracked up to be that we were told about when he was hired? So far, the proof is not there, but you can make the case. And I, what I saw from Olaf Ashunu and what I saw from Landon Tengwall was they knew what they were doing on the football field in the Outback Bowl, and those guys are freshmen. So it, I, you, you have evidence yep. both ways. Uh, no. The other thing that I think is important to this conversation, Rasheed Walker was seen on crutches early in the week at the Outback Bowl. He is a guy, if he wants to make it in the NFL, he wants to increase his draft stock, you can wipe away a lot of bad tape with a 4-8-40 if you're Rasheed Walker or a sub-5-second 40-yard dash. With great testing metrics, he could be all that. Can you do that if you're rehabbing? We don't know the nature of the injury. We don't know if it was something he just needed to get cleaned up and he was planning on opting out the whole time, but they just asked him not to opt out and just, you were injured, that's the reason you're not playing. And a level of, you know, uncertainty, unknown, mystery to us is probably pretty clear behind the scenes. But I do know for a fact, he has to get an invite to the Combine and test well to be drafted or to be a guy that goes where he wants to in the draft. And I don't know that right now, and that is another one of those things that's a risk in this situation that he's betting on he will be able to perform. So I'm I'm going to read here, because and you know how to contextualize these uh, better than I do, but I'm going to read for you what his best testing numbers were at Penn State based on, um, again, input from Dwight Galt over the summer. He had a 28-inch vertical, a 466 shuttle, 501 40 uh 807 in the broad jump uh cleans 350 benches 400 squats 580 did you get a, a uh an agility metric in there as far as a three cone drill or a pro agility drill anything like that because yeah, that's important I think that's, the I think that's the shuttle right the shuttle would qualify. so that's excel that's acceleration that's your ability to stop turn and explode agility is your ability to turn around a corner I don't think I heard a number in there. That's the one I want to know when it comes yep. to what was the what was the shuttle drill? What was that? The shuttle was four six six. So that's that's pretty good for a tackle, and the five hundred one is good. Five hundred one, yeah, yeah. So those numbers are good. He though you know having those in your back pocket and having the ability to do a pro day in March, those are all realistic things. So yes, I those think, are all yeah. I mean, he, good numbers even, for him. Even a twenty eight inch vertical with at three hundred twenty two pounds yep. feels. Right, he's got power. He has yes. he has explosion. So, um, so yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, certainly those things will be relayed to a team, and and obviously, look, like there, <laughs> I, I sometimes I get the sense that people's perceptions is are, are that Penn State when a player goes before, and not just a Penn State, but anywhere, right? That there would be some underlying level of bitterness or you know, what, well, what have you, right? Just a, a feeling of resentment, maybe that, that a kid uh, doesn't stick around, but the reality is Penn state's going to advocate like crazy 
for oh, everybody yeah. that yep. goes to the NFL, right? So uh, all these GMs that are calling, all of these scouts that are calling, Penn State is going to say nothing but positive things about Rasheed Walker and, you know, what his athleticism is and what his potential is at the next level. So, I, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see. But back to your original question that I just I, I haven't brought up yet is he's been the, he's been at Penn State for four years. Yeah, he's had four years at Penn State. He had a redshirt year. Um, you know that that it doesn't seem like it to maybe the outside, right? <laughs> For those of us who spent five years in college or four, you know, whatever, it's like, oh well, it's the time of your life and it flies by, blah blah blah. Well, when when you're in the moment and you're 22, you see a ticking clock yep. on your playing career. And so they, I, I do think that there is a certain sense of urgency that takes hold with a lot of these guys, um, you know, to to progress, to make the next move and to get to that level as quickly as you can, because you want to start. You know that there's you know that there's an expiration date. It, it yeah. cannot this cannot go forever. Everybody's time comes where they can't play anymore. Um, you want to maximize that to, to the best of your ability. Another thing that I, I've been thinking about a lot lately is people ask me when I bring up this number of even if you're a seventh round pick, you get a $600,000 contract. And I know that well, I've always said just you can't relate NFL money to our money like you and I, the regular person. But you can when you're a college kid trying to make that decision. And ultimately, yeah. going back to Kevin Givens, if even if you're undrafted and you make a, a practice squad and he's been in the NFL, he's got more career earnings than I'll ever have. And he bet on himself. And yep. it comes down to people ask me then, oh, so what's the guaranteed money? They're not. They think it's all guaranteed because Rasheed Walker believes that he's going to outplay whatever draft position he has anyway. He thinks he's right. going to go in, in whatever round he's deserving because of those testing metrics and because of all of the things, right? Yep. And there is a certain, I think, uh, we need a guarantee. A lot of people who, who have this conversation, they want the guarantee. They want the $5 million contract, all of those things. But it's about risk-reward, right? And these guys have been saying to themselves since 15 or 16, I'm going to play in the NFL, which is the least likely thing to happen for anyone on the right. planet. Yep. Now, once you get into the subset of guys that are 6'5 and move like Rasheed Walker, it becomes a little more assured. But even then, it's not a certainty. So they've been, since the age of 15 or 16, rewarded for taking the risk on themselves and their talent and believing that it, they're the difference. It's going to happen for them. You're not going to change that thinking all of a sudden and be like, you know what? Maybe I'm not the best player in the world. <laughs> yeah. That's not going to happen. Well, and, 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 and what's the, what's the psychology to this of, or the impact of the psychology of what, what is the prevailing narrative, right? Every team that goes to big 10 media days in the summer, what do they talk about other than Ohio state? What are they talking about? What? <laughs> I've never no been to big 10 media days. So you got to tell Alex, me. I'm sorry. No one respects us. We're the right. underdog, right? right? Like, no, we, we get no respect. Uh, and so people, people are counting us out, but we can do it. Right. So like this throughout their lives, throughout their career, every message is defy the odds. 
Defy, yep. You can go out and defy the odds. You're the one that's going to do it. You, you know, we can do it. The team can do it, blah, blah, blah. And then they get to this juncture in their career and the messaging completely reverses to, no, 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 listen, you can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the guy. You're not the guy. You're not ready. Yep. Uh, just hold off. Uh, you know, every, everybody doubted you before. And they were wrong, but we're now they're right now, and they're right. <laughs> they're hundred percent right. That's a really great point. Uh, so when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to Penn State trying to replace Rasheed Walker, and this is why I wanted yesterday on our live show to say, listen, I was just saying from what I see from the injury, blah blah blah, why I think he should come back. It makes a lot of sense, and I wanted to correct what I said earlier in the week when I made it seem like it was an assured thing he was coming back. Because look what I know. Here we are talking about how he declared for the NFL draft. Penn State's plan to replace him. You had a couple of options over at bluewhiteillustrated.com. So I want to talk about some of the places and uh, players that might be, you know, on the docket to not just play at that position, but kind of play some O-line games and say who's playing where. And by the way, if you want to see his full article, bluewhiteillustrated.com, sign up for just $1. Nate, I can't believe we're still doing that. <laughs> we're still giving that deal. So sign up because it can't last forever. $1 gets you 12 months of access to everything at bluewhiteillustrated.com, including some insider information you're only going to get there. There's some up right now from Ryan Snyder about the transfer portal that you need to know for this conversation we're going to talk about now. So uh, Nate, where, what are you looking at with the offensive line without Rashid Walker? So, I mean, I, you know, I, I think you just said the word transfer portal. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying that, that Fashanu can't do it. I, I think that certainly he would be given what they currently have the odds on favorite. I, I don't think that there's any question about that. Uh, Tengwall and Bryce Efner are two guys who took some snaps, but Look, there's a there's a reality here to Penn State's situation on that offensive line that Rasheed Walker played 98% of the snaps, right? Yep. Over the last 3 years at yep. left tackle. He played a ton of football for Penn State specifically at that position to where they didn't really have to worry about it. Yep. And it wasn't it wasn't really a situation that they had to you know, you just don't have to think about it. And that's that's a great position to be in is, okay, the receiver number one is John Dotson, right? Like, that, that's it. There's no... So that was the same That was the same deal, I think, at left tackle. But Fashanu is a guy who James Franklin said in the press conference leading into the Outback Bowl that he would have played earlier in the season or he would have played that Rutgers game, yeah. right, that Rasheed Walker was out for. But he was also afflicted with what have you, whether it's right. injury or the flu, uh, he wasn't able to play. And so that's why Tengwall got the start in that game, um, you know, but overall, that's it, <laughs> right? Like those, yeah. those are really, those are really your three options. I think yep. you laid out pretty well that Fashanu is, is the guy who obviously they went with him for the Outback Bowl. So he would appear to be in line to ascend into that role. But I do think that there's probably an alternate conversation that's going to have to be had about, Hey, I don't know very many places or positions that could be more appealing in that transfer market than, Hey, 
we need a starting left tackle. Right. <laughs> right. Like, right. Do, do you want to be it? <laughs> because uh, you, you certainly would have an opportunity to compete against a guy in Fashanu who who is extremely athletic and is extremely, um, you, you know, you can see the pieces that are there. It's just a question of whether or not they're ready to, to be at that level. To play he's at that level he's one of the guys that I've seen that is a tackle body that plays tackle for this team of he is every yep. inch of six, six. He is a big football player and what he may lack in a little bit of lateral agility. And I mean a little bit, not a lot. Uh, he makes up for by at least what I saw on film looked pretty good. If you want his full scouting analysis, by the way, I have that up in my film review of the Outback Bowl, looking at all the young players that played on Saturday, and I'm giving you a breakdown of their game and how they performed and what I saw from their positional skills. Going across the offensive line, here's my other question, and this is the one I've had since probably week five, maybe week four. Does Penn State see Caden Wallace as a tackle, or did they play him at tackle because they had to and they didn't have anybody else that could fill that role? Because that's going to inform not only the transfer portal, but what you do with Landon Tangwall and some of the other pieces along the offensive line. Is there any read or indication you have as far as what you've heard from him or other people as to that can lead us down the correct path there? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. No. <laughs> no. I, yeah, I, mean, I haven't gotten I, it. I haven't got to read either other than other than a little bit, which I'll share in a second. I, no, I mean, I just, I, I just think that it goes back to a, a little bit of what we talked about on the live show, which is you don't have that luxury at this level necessarily, unless you're one of right five, six programs at the absolute top that has your pick. Yes. Like tackles don't grow on trees. They're just there's not a lot of them in general, and so you kind of have to figure it out and make do with what you have. And so I, to me, it's, it's more a question of it's less about Caden Wallace than it is about everything else that's on the roster currently, or could be brought in through the transfer portal. Is Tang, yeah. is Tang Wall a tackle or a guard? I think he's his, played. I think his best oh. position is guard. I think if they had, yeah. from what I've seen, if they had Fashanu next to Tang Wall, that's the best possible combination on that side of the ball at left to right. That would be what okay. I would. The ideal situation would be that is is Salim Wormley a tackle or a guard? 
I haven't seen enough of Salim Wormley uh, to really know. And, you know, that's going back a little bit in his high school profile to really give a, a good indication. And I was not paying enough attention in the spring and in the summer to him in particular to give you an informed decision. But everything we've heard is that he's an interior player. Right. And, and so that's and so that's kind of the progression of what we're talking about is Penn State has more guards than it does tackles. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so, did a whole episode well, of the daily on this particular problem with Ryan a couple weeks ago when we dug into the recruiting, which, by the way, was the reason Phil Troutwine was hired. It yep. was but one of the biggest parts of that was we need to have more high quality prospects come into the program. And that's why Drew Shelton, who is not enrolling early anymore, according to our Greg Pickle, is such an important piece of that puzzle is he's got to be a tackle. He, I don't know that he has a yep. choice. He needs to play tackle, or they need to ramp up their recruiting of tackles in the portal. We saw we saw Jimmy Chris at at right tackle. I think that was at that practice that we saw. Yeah, is that am I remembering that correctly? That's correct. Yep. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I'm I'm scanning the roster the roster right now. Yeah, Chris, like, Chris I, is I the just, other one that keeps being brought up, and and you know, I I just when he when I watched his film in high school, I thought he had a long way to go, and when I saw yeah. him, uh. In that practice, I thought he is still in development. This offseason is going to be very critical for him. But I think I think that's, in certain respects, the expectation is that you're not. Uh, Rasheed Walker is a rarity to be able to step in, yeah, really early in your career and and be in a position to to make that type of impact. So I don't think it's a it's a knock on Jimmy Chris that he's in developmental mode. It just speaks to where they are as a program right now in yeah. ter- in terms of the distribution of scholarships there on the offensive line. That's, they have yeah, a yeah. ton of rising third years. That's yep. the big class is um uh, Chumba Right, yep. uh, Triori, like uh, you just you just go down, <laughs> you just go down the list of of guys in that class, and they uh, few of them have really had much of an opportunity to be on the field yet, and yeah. so it 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 becomes a critical off season, like you just said, a critical off season for those guys, and then a critical season for those guys, unless. Penn State's going to be able to to pull some some uh, you know some players out of the transfer portal. That's kind of the bottom line. Yeah, the proposition. And JB Nelson coming in in this recruiting class is a JUCO player as well. That from a physical standpoint, I like everything about him. From a technical standpoint, still it's got to do some work there. Uh, and then the transfer portal obviously is is part of the conversation, as you just said. This is something I asked you yesterday, but I want to kind of revisit this of. What we just said is there's not a lot of depth at certain parts and not, I think I rephrased it. I want to rephrase it. Is that causing a lack of competition, which causes a lack of elevation of everybody's game? Not to say that you aren't trying or not to say that you're complacent, but there's just nothing externally pushing you. So it's entirely internal motivation. So is that a fair assessment of what's going on, especially at those boundary positions on the offensive line? Yeah, I ha- I haven't heard I haven't heard that, um, you know. And and look, like James Franklin's press conferences, he might not be the most forthcoming, but if you read between the lines a little bit, you you can kind of see what he's saying. And 
the the notion that you're suggesting right now is something that was really oft repeated in 2014 to 2015 yeah was hey this is a program with nine scholarship offensive linemen because of it there is no push there's nothing behind the starters to to really light a fire and i i have not i I think that he would repeat that if that was a theme of what's going on right now I, I, I just think it's simply a matter of, you know, look, they've had a couple of bad breaks with some injury and some guys that have been unavailable. I cannot argue with this point. They've missed. They've mm-hmm. missed in recruiting. Yep. <laughs> right. Like yeah. they, they just they, they have had some really high priority offensive line prospects that chose other programs. You know, and, and, and so if if you want to see that list, I put together as best I could a full list of those guys over the last since 2017, going all the way back to 2016, 17 to set the table. And then looking at 2018, 19, 20, 21 and 22, what the issues have been along the offensive line, because it does start in recruiting. And I think that Penn State, as we've talked about, has developed a new plan going forward that it makes sense to me. Even in the NFL, they have a hard time identifying the best of the best when it comes to offensive linemen. So if you find somebody that's good and you can trade for them or get them in free agency, go ahead and do that. That's helped a lot of teams. So doing that on the college level makes a ton of sense. I want to move on, though, because we spent a good amount of time on the on-field things. And like I said earlier, the off-field situations with Penn State losing some key support staff and coaches might have more of a long-term impact if Penn State and James Franklin can't find replacements. Let's start with Joe Lorig. Uh, because he's been here for two years, but as you've pointed out, has been very integral in Penn State as a special teams coordinator and as a assistant coach. So uh, give us the rundown if people missed what happened and then the impact. Well, first of all, they always find a replacement. Someone is out there <laughs> right. that wants the job, and James Franklin obviously has a list that he will that he will run through and identify some top top candidates fun question would you take the job with no experience whatsoever and do that job special teams coordinator yeah like you have to start tomorrow me, you gotta be special team coordinator part, absolutely not <laughs> would you so no 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 uh and here's what i mean like you get i don't want to work that much that i mean that's <laughs> Sounds awful. Being so a it's, college football coach. So there's obviously the money part, right? You you'll make more money, and you'll you'll be a part of the man in the arena, as we love to quote. Now, there's different arenas everywhere, by the way. Everyone's got their own arena. But anyway, uh, I would hate. I'm, I'm the man. I'm the man in this arena. Exactly. This is not. Anyway, I don't want to get on another tangent while I'm on a tangent. The amount of work is one thing, but being bad at it. I couldn't stand that. Like, it doesn't matter that I'd make as more money than I've ever made in my lifetime. Being so bad at my job and feeling embarrassed about what I'm doing and being overwhelmed, no thank you. Like, the money wouldn't be worth it. It'd have to be a ridiculous amount of money for me to want to do that. But anyway, let's talk about who the the, and- the, the, the people who actually have the resume to replace yeah. Joe Lorick. You'd also be fired very quickly, so the money wouldn't last <laughs> That's all that a good, long. Whatever's guaranteed, baby. What's in my guaranteed contract? <laughs> Fair enough. No, I, I think I think that because I, I was thinking about this, it is it is essential to find 
a candidate for the job who wants to be a special teams guru. And there is, again, kind of an undercurrent of that's not what most people want, right? Like most college coaches, most people coming through the profession want to be an offensive coach, right? A coordinator, a defensive coordinator, head coach. Like that's what you're climbing the ladder to become. I don't think that I'm saying anything radical, but yeah. most people don't dream of becoming a special teams coordinator. That's right. Right. And so, and most people or most programs, and this is the thing that Joe Lord kind of relayed through his time at Penn state is James Franklin is a different cat when it comes to his prioritization of special teams. Yeah. So there's like a, an alignment there that, it does not exist at most places from the direction of James Franklin's prioritization. And then from the direction of Joe Lorig being so into it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like having right. his own system, uh, uh, especially like most of the time in, and what you see in a lot of other programs is the special teams coordinator is it's, it's a thing that they do and it's a title that they have that might get them a pay bump, but really they're the outside linebackers coach. Right. And, right. and they're the safeties coach. Or Someday they want to be a defensive coordinator. They don't have designs on being the special teams coordinator. And yeah. they don't have the whole, cause this is big for James Franklin, the culture side of it. Of right. Hey, we're, we're going to take this extremely seriously. They're, they're, we are not going to give this lip service and, and, you can see why he does that. He thinks that it's something that doesn't take a high priority in other programs. And so I, all of what we're talking about are finding edges. Yep. That's, that's yep. it. That's what the game is, is how do you find an edge as small as it might be against your opponent? And again, like it doesn't Here, necessarily. Here's an edge that exists. Finding a good kicker and playing them. And, Correct. And, and that's not something that in college you get a lot of. Like you don't have what? consistency at that position. But that's that's what happens is you establish a reputation for yourself yep. as being a school that does special teams well. And then a kid like Jordan Stout says, I mean, first of all, look at where he went, right? Jordan mm -hmm. Stout started at Virginia Tech. Guess what Virginia Tech does or what it, hang, it hangs its hat on? Taking special teams seriously. Yep. Didn't work out there came to another program in Penn state, Jordan Stout changes the game. <laughs> he, ch yeah. he changes the complexion of a game. When you have a punter who can reliably pin opponents inside their 15, 10 yard line, you have an incalculable advantage over most of the competition. And so I, I do think that that's the direction that Penn state and James Franklin are going to have to go is identify someone who has a Ray guy award winner under his tenure, right? Like just right. find somebody who has a reputation of having that level of success so that you can attract the next kicker, the next punter specialist who can, who can really change the complexion of the game because I hate to go on here, but 
I think from a this is something that I've seen in myself, and I think I've seen it from the perspective of fans. Is fans look at special teams as the return game, like yeah. that's it. so yep. making yep. make points, making field goals, and the return game. And my news to that side, or at least fr from what I've seen, that is that is not really a part of the game now yeah and it's kick, not going to become a part of the game in the future kick return is, is dead so kick returns dead on yeah. arrival and punt return is getting that one out of 50 one out of 100 tries to to get points yeah is so far down the list of priorities as opposed to because joe lorig said it this summer uh in an interview he he basically said they're, they have two priorities. Don't get penalties yep. as the special teams and control the ball. Yep. Don't fumble it. Don't fumble, don't which, turn it over. Which, by the way, not like, getting penalties. On, getting penalties on a punt return is absolutely something that's going to happen every single play because everything's a penalty on a punt return now. So you, right. you, good luck with that one, but that's to the point of kind of you, you've mitigated punt returns too. So that's not going to be really a part of your game. It's about what you just said. It's, so it's it's just metrics though, right? Yep. It's just it's just the metrics of hey, if if you can if you can eliminate pushing yourself back ten yards and adding to the net punt average of your opponent, you're in business, <laughs> right? Like even yeah. if you have Jahan Dotson back there who doesn't actually field a punt but forces punters to to directionally punt. And kick it out of bounds and take five yards off. That's a win. Yep, that, that's what you want. So, anyway, let's move on to a guy that most people probably don't know. Uh, but when it comes to the structure of Penn State football, not just everything on the football field, has made a large impact. And uh, behind the scenes, a guy that who gets his name mentioned to us a lot is Michael Hazel. He's leaving to Virginia Tech to join Brent Pry as his chief of staff. So. Can you take us through what Michael Hazel was for Penn State and, and what that void is creating in the structure of the organization? Yeah, I, th uh, I think that he has maybe a, an amorphous type. I, I, I don't exactly know how to describe it because I, I think that's the point. <laughs> right. You Sometimes you need people in positions on your staff who are just smart guys. And Mike Hazel is a smart guy. He's an MBA. Uh, he, he, ha, you know, has degrees from Vanderbilt and somewhere else. Right. Like, but just generally speaking, any interaction that you have with him, you're going to come away impressed. He, he's just, he's smart. He's intelligent. And so one of the things in college football that is different from a lot of other levels of the sport is you have to interact with all of these different groups, right? And you and I were talking off camera, Mike Hazel's actual job description uh, includes dealing with high school coaches, right? So a liaison to high school coaches, yep, a liaison with the communication staff, a liaison to marketing, 
uh, and I'm, I'm just reading now. His yeah. primary responsibilities include overseeing football's external operations. External operations. That's everything. That's everything. <laughs> Facilities <laughs> and handling of Coach Franklin's public appearances. Additionally, serves as the program's liaison to marketing, strategic communications, and high school coaches. And so what that is saying is, hey, here's a guy who is pretty smart really smart and knows a lot of things and has institutional knowledge. Yep. That is the huge part that goes, I didn't understand it uh, years ago, but I, I do have a much better feel for it now is that you need to be able to relate well, get along with, cooperate with, and work toward a common goal with forces outside of the football building. Right. The Knowing who to call. Office. Knowing the Correct. phone number of who to call to get something done in short order instead of having to say, who do I call about this? And then six conversations later, it's done. And you, you've, you're you an hour and a half into it. All of it. The, the president's office. The, mm -hmm. the, like, right, like the, the office of the physical plant. <laughs> like these are, these are all things that come across James Franklin's desk that if he can say, hey, uh, here this is, uh, you go take care of it, and it's taken care of, that is a huge relief. And so Michael Hazel is a guy, along with Andy Frank and Kevin Threlkel, who are, again, like not names that people know, but we, we see pretty frequently. They have all been with him back to Vanderbilt. Yeah. Like, most of the most of the assistant coaches, those kind of people, have all and Brent Pry was the longest, right? Like he he's a guy who had been with Penn State for all those years. Um, they have all kind of shuffled out of the program to better opportunities over time, and this is a better opportunity for for Michael Hazel. But it just speaks to what that inner circle means to him. It, yeah. it, it is an integral piece of the puzzle of how things operate and. Even Manny Diaz brought it up in his introductory press conference. Like, you don't know how many things come across a head coach's desk until you're in that position. And and that's the deal is yeah. a head coach deals with all of these things and to deal with all of these things of the widest variety imaginable. You need people who you can trust, who are smart, know how to handle things, know who to call to be able to to fix those things. So it's almost like, it sounds like it's almost like being president. You want to get a briefing of bullet points of things I've done. Here's what I've done. Now you know. And I did this like in your name, essentially. Uh, you can't make all these, as Manny Diaz said, one man can only make so many decisions in a day. So empower okay. other people to make the decisions you would make. And yep. that's one of the one of those pieces being pulled out for Penn State and James Franklin. Is this something that people will notice? Is that an absence no. people will notice or is it something that is going to be, you know, a subtle difference? No, I think, I think it's a subtle difference. I think it's, it's things like, and look, like James Franklin already knows what he wants to do. He already yeah. has an idea of directions that they should go. Um, this is a, a minor example, but I think that it's something that's relevant is all of these released opt-outs or decisions to go to the NFL, what what have you, right? They are extraordinarily choreographed. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Right? Down to the fact, so as you, I pointed out, Rasheed Walker didn't opt out of the game. He declared for the draft afterwards, which that's also a decision. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so, but, but the, but the presentation, those are the type of, those are decisions that are made from a program and an organizational standpoint. And so that's the type of influence that that's the type of insight that a guy like Mike Hazel provides is, Hey, um, th- this is, this is how we should handle this is rather than just saying, okay, we had our year end conversations and meetings. You've decided to go to the NFL sayonara. It's, Hey, we're going to do this in an organized manner. We're going to, we're going to craft a statement with you for you. We're going to dress it up in all of these social media things uh, and let you present yourself in the best light possible along with the program. So that's not disorganized. It's almost like a, it's all the, the, the social media graphics are almost like a a football diploma at this point. (laughs) Like this, here's our, here's our final piece of digital paper to you as you exit the program. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll be with you every step of the way, but no, it's, it, there's just, there, there are endless amounts of those decisions, those directional type of, uh, situations that Penn state has to decide on as a football program. And you need people behind the scenes who can help craft that, who can help set the direction and implement it so that it all moves in the, in the right space. Yeah. And, and for people who are rolling their eyes at, at what we just talked about, if yep. you don't think that those small things add up to getting guys wanting to come to your program, you don't understand high school and college aged men because Correct. being cool is one of the most important things in the world. And those edits, as you said the other day, those edits are fire. So I'm important. I am uncool and I don't have, but yeah. Me too. This is this is such a minor detail. It doesn't matter. I, I don't know if anybody else notices it, but every single one of those graphics are branded with Nike. I didn't right? notice like, that. Yeah. So if you if you if you check out what they're doing in terms of the the graphics and the social media stuff, they're all Nike branded. They all look cool. Have a an air of right. Like it's not. Yep. It's not a screen grab of a notes app right like yeah <laughs> yeah things are things are spelled correctly <laughs> there's, there's punctuation paint splatter on the back like it, yep. it looks it looks good and so though it's it's just it's attention to detail yeah and I, I just i think it speaks to the breadth of what a college football operation is and the type of people that you need to have behind the scenes to, to properly execute it. Well, there's nobody behind the scenes for this show. Everyone's on screen, and I think we do a great job. You did a great job today, so thanks for coming on the show, Nate. Thanks so much for having me. Let's do it again. I would love to, and I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I always say, ah, we'll make sure we don't go X, Y, or Z amount of time, and then we go 45 minutes, and I just love talking football, and we are good at talking football together. I feel like we get something out of it. I feel like our listeners get something out of it, so hopefully uh, we'll be doing this for as long as the internet exists. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I made that sound like that was some big goodbye. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow on the BWI Daily Edition. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and to YouTube. Talk to you then.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.